Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your almost daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylus. Today's news and updates is all about crypto's global footprint. Here in the USA, the FBI makes some moves on crypto. The Iranian government approves some crypto use. An Indonesian company makes an acquisition. Europe's crypto laws are about to go into effect. India looks to the Financial Stability Board, or FSB, for direction. And the IMF says the FSB is working on crypto guidance. What does all this mean? Not to worry, I'll explain it all. But first, if you like or don't like the content, please let me know by liking, subscribing, following. Leave me a comment, please. I really appreciate it. And I don't forget, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can use the links below to do your own research. All right. Crypto and digital assets are a global asset class. They move around the world with little to no friction. We see some nations trying to use this asset class to get around sanctions. Some are using it to get out of the U.S. dollar system. Think Turkey and Argentina with 60 to 80 percent inflation. Their citizens are buying USDC and Tether in UST Tether at alarming rates because they want to get out of their current their fiat currency. So if you don't live in the U.S., then you probably understand the power of crypto. If you live in the U.S. and you're not in crypto already, you probably don't understand. There are a lot of countries in the world that saw the USA freeze or some would say steal money from the Rus from Russian individuals, Russian banks and businesses when they put the sanctions uh, post Ukrainian invasion. Well, when some nations saw how effective sanctions can be, a feeling of uncertainty came came with it. Now there's a lot of talks, even from nations that we have decent relationships with, about reducing their exposure to such a system. Not only that, there is concern about the role the U.S. and the U.S. dollar will play in the future with the rise of China and their sprawling trade routes and the use of their own digital currency becoming a competitive reserve currency. Is it possible to have more than one reserve currency? 100%, absolutely, why not? That said, I do not believe that any cryptocurrency will replace the dollar or the yuan. Instead, I believe crypto will enable an entirely new way of doing things around the world, but reserve currencies will be USD and the yuan. That's my prediction. But don't forget, I do believe crypto will enable us to do things that we've never been able to do and do things that we currently do in an entirely new way. That said, I also believe a new reserve asset will emerge to be Bitcoin that will eat away at gold's market share. Think about it. Gold has value based on historical precedent no other reason scarcity is argued difficulty of mining is argued but if it was truly scarce asset then every time the price went up miners wouldn't be able to come on board and inflate the inflate the supply which causes the price to come back down there is no truly scarce asset other than oxygen i mean we're currently have a have a box on mars that's creating oxygen so i don't know uh we also uh have all kinds of uh systems to desalinate the ocean i'm just saying like we need oxygen we need water land uh, and all that stuff but when it comes to assets and things to invest in uh gold 40% of gold's market share or sorry 40% of all gold every year mined it goes into jewelry that is not benefiting society and is also not really a great use of an asset that costs so much environmental damage and human human damage.
it's also I I would also argue that uh with less than 10% of all gold mined every year going in industrial purposes then there's a good reason to say that bitcoin and gold are not that different gold is gold is gold is physical gold can be used in various things uh but gold's uses are not that as big as the as there is gold in the world and as much as gold is mined 50 to 60% of gold mined every year sits in vaults in bullion and coins so it and and the reason it does that is because it's considered a hard asset, something to shore up the value or like support the value of a currency or your assets or your net worth. So it does make sense that if there is a uh, even more scarce asset that's easier to transact with, easier to move around than gold, then that that asset would most likely, as long as it's accepted by regulatory regimes across the planet it could eat away at gold's market share. That's my prediction. But crypto is not gold and crypto is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is its own animal and its own thing. Crypto is about tokenizing assets, enabling common folk like you and I to own a piece of a network that enables this new way of transacting and this new concept of what property is, ownership is, and value. Finally, we can own our digital assets and control them. Businesses can more efficiently and effectively sell and lease digital assets, as can the rest of us. If you have been listening to this channel, you have heard various use cases of digital assets or cryptocurrencies. You also know that I believe that the world is already adopting this technology. Citizens, businesses, and governments are laying the groundwork and in many cases already using this technology. Finally, you also know that this is a global asset class and adoption will only be thwarted by restrictive government action. So today I have a handful of updates from around the globe. Let's dive right in. If you're following along on, if you're listening on podcasts, you can use the links below to follow along or you can just listen up and I will keep you in loop. Author Parikshit Mishra reports for Coindesk, FBI asked DeFi platforms to increase security measures warns crypto investors against vulnerabilities. The warnings come after a slew of DeFi hacks this year, which has led to investors losing billions of dollars worth of crypto. So I'm just going to read a couple of things from here real quick, and I'll explain. It says the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or the FBI, has asked decentralized finance, or DeFi, platforms to beef up security measures and warned investors against the vulnerabilities in these platforms. The FBI's warning comes as DeFi platforms, which do not use third parties to carry out financial transactions of the blockchain, have suffered several major attacks this year, which includes a massive nearly $650 million Ronin Bridge exploit earlier this year. If you've been uh, paying attention to the news or following along on the show, you know exactly what we're talking about with the $600 million hack. Now, it's important to point out that with the FBI going to DeFi platforms and saying, hey, we want to advise you on your security. I think that legitimizes Bitcoin. They're not saying, hey, you need to shut this down. So I think that this is super bullish. What do you think? Let me know. Leave a comment below. And I am moving on. Author Rajpal Sin, Rajpal Sin reports for the Crypto Times. Iranian regime approves use of crypto for trading and imports. The move is intended to counter U.S. sanctions. So let's read this real quick. This is a very different story. Uh, in, in the light of endless turmoil in the crypto market, 
Iranian industry, mines, and trade minister Reza Fatemi Amin was waived a green signal to use crypto for trading and importing goods. The approval will help the Iranian regime to counter intense sanctions on its finance and banking sector by the U.S., which suffocates its economic growth. Another use of cryptocurrency. Cross-border payments, even at seven transactions a second or whatever the Bitcoin transactions are, which is so slow compared to MasterCard and Visa. But guess what? You're not using MasterCard and Visa when you're making international transactions and make in terms of in terms of industry. Like if you're gonna turn around and sell Bitcoin, you're like, oh, I'll put it on my Visa. Although maybe you can. I mean, I don't know if y'all heard about the dude who used, I think it was Amex and bought a hundred seventy million dollar painting at at Christie's, and now he has points to travel first class for his whole family for the rest of the lives. So maybe Iran could use could someone could use Visa, but guess what? Visa doesn't work because Iran's under sanctions and Visa won't sell those transactions. So even if they use something as slow as seven transactions a second, it's still much faster, much easier than using our current financial system. Now, this is a terrible thing, of course, because bypassing sanctions and getting around this is going to put legislators, regulators on alert. Do you think that this is something that we should be worried about? Please leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. And I am moving on. All right, author Jamie Crowley reports reports for CoinDesk. Indonesia's biggest tech firm enters crypto with purchase of local exchange report. Go to GoCheck Tokopedia bought crypto Maxima coin for 124.84 billion rupiah or 8.38 million dollars. So let's just read a few things from here. Go to GoCheck Tokopedia or GoTo, G-O-T-O. Indonesia's biggest tech company has entered the cryptocurrency market with the purchase of local crypto exchange Crypto Maxima Coin, according to Reuters. GoTo paid 128.84 billion rupiah or 8.38 million dollars, according to the report citing a statement to Indonesia's stock exchange regulator. The tech firm, which was formed out of a merger between ride-hailing app Gojek and e-commerce platform Tokopedia in 2021, raised over $1 billion U.S. dollars in an IPO in April and claims to contribute more than 2% to Indonesia's GDP of $1 trillion. It wants to become a diverse money management hub. What do you think about that? acquisitions in foreign countries and continuing growth. Indonesia is a big deal country. They got lots of investments and, you know, it's definitely no America. It's definitely no EU. You know, it's definitely not Brazil, but it, I don't know. I think this is a good thing. You know, more stuff like this we see, the more international communities embracing it and the more, more acceptance worldwide, the better. What do you think? Let me know. Leave a comment below and I am moving on. All right, so this is, it says it's author payments, which is reports for payments.com, but payments is spelled P-Y-M-N as a Nancy T-S. So payments with no vowels.com. The title of this report is EMEA Daily. EU lawmaker says MICA crypto law could be ready in October. 
So if you've been paying attention and or or following along on this channel, you know exactly what MICA is. MICA is Markets and Crypto Assets. It's a, an entire like comprehensive uh, legislation that was de-debated, it got defeated, and then it came back, and now it looks like it's about to be adopted. So I'm just going to read this one piece right here. The text of the EU's Market and Crypto Assets, or MICA, could be ready in October, according to lawmaker Stephen Berger. Might be Stefan Berger. The legislation requires crypto asset providers to register with regulators to offer services in the block. The point of the law is to make parameters for all how all the EU members' nations regulate crypto. There could also be definite rules for stablecoin issuance. So just to refresh your memory, if you have been paying attention, if you haven't, to catch you up, Micah says that you are not allowed to... Uh, how do I say this? If I send you money from Coinbase to your nano ledger, Coinbase is not allowed to send that money to your nano ledger unless you give Coinbase your social security number and a copy of your driver's license. I know that might sound crazy to some of you, but what it is effectively doing is making every single transaction, every single wallet have to have an identity tied to it. So while that is kind of crazy for some people, think about it like this. If I wrote you a check and you did not have a bank account, how did you, how would you cash it? You would take it to a cash checking place, would ask you for your ID. Or you would take it to my bank that I issued the check from and they would ask you for your ID. They might even ask you for a thumbprint. So it's not very basically how I understand it is Mike is going to turn the crypto world as it pertains to as it interacts with Europe into our current financial system now as long as there's room for innovation we will still see price go up we still will see adoption now it remains to be seen if this these laws are going to reduce innovation and growth in startups and if capital is going to leave europe to go to more friendly jurisdictions so we will see and that's the big concern in the u.s that these rules are theirs were a little too stringent. So we'll see if we adopt the same as socialist Europe. Hopefully we don't. What do you think about this? Uh, I think that ultimately, even though I don't like the rules, I also understand them. And it sounds like our current financial system. And while that might not be what Satoshi Nakamoto had set out for or what a lot of people in the crypto world had set out for that they want, at the end of the day, if you own crypto and it becomes legitimized and institutional money, sovereign wealth funds and pension funds are all starting to invest in crypto, then you'll be making money. You know, it might not be the revolutionary payment system that you thought it was, but it will it could be a technology that's just a natural evolution of the internet and a nat a nat it makes sense, you know, to have this ability to move value and money across the internet with direct settlement and peer-to-peer -peer transfer of assets, did ownership of digital assets, uh, tokenization of real-world assets. I mean, the the possibilities. Who knows? So, is it because you want a currency that defies the government and the banks, or are you investing in a new emerging technology and asset class or new industry? before the banks. That's what I'm doing. Let me know what you're doing. Leave a comment below. I'd like to hear from you and I am moving on. All right. So author Rajiv 
Jayaswal reports for Hindustan Times, who Hindustan Hindustan Times, Sinner awaits global signal on crypto ban. India's cryptocurrency legislation is a work in progress, but the government is waiting for the Financial Stability Board, Financial Stability Board, to frame cross-border regulation for cryptocurrencies. Officials said. So let me just read a little couple of things. This is about India. India has kind of had like bipolar about their their rules and regulations. Some are benef- some are good, some are not. So let's just check in. New Delhi. The union government is awaiting an internationally acceptable solution to track and curb clandestine so-called wallet-to-wallet transfers of cryptocurrency before banning them in India, with both the Finance Ministry and the Reserve Bank of India agreeing on their destabilizing impact on the country's financial stability. Two officials aware of the matter said, currently cryptocurrencies are unregulated in India. Okay, I'm going to translate that into what how I understand it. So first of all, they're calling wallet-to-wallet transfers clandestine. So that right there, the the use of the word clandestine is a way to bring up concepts of spies and espionage or criminals or people trying to get away with stuff that they're not supposed to. But really, I could just be it could be why I don't why I use Venmo all the time. So what if I instead of using Venmo, I just go wallet to wallet? That's not clandestine. That's just because I wanted to split a beer with you. I mean, this is like written in a way that just is ex- getting you to think negatively about crypto. Just saying. I mean, I'm not making this shit up. Like, please, if you disagree with me, please leave a comment below and tell me that I'm wrong. I would love to hear that because I really want to. So I really want to know what you all think. Okay, so here you go. It says, and then also. Uh, transfers of before banning them. So it's like wall-to-wall transfers, me splitting my check at dinner, but using cryptocurrency with you is clandestine. And uh, by the way, we are waiting to ban them. So this is like a negative and a negative. And then it says the Reserve Bank of India agreeing on the destabilizing impact of the country's financial stability. Well, the rupee is not free-floating currency. So India has a real big problem with controlling their currency. So that's really what this is about. It's about the fact that India has a lot of problems and cryptocurrency. All all that's happening is there's a there's I reported on this a while back that there is a big poll ran by millennial uh, millennials in India. And the majority of them want to they don't they would prefer Bitcoin over gold. So because they think of Bitcoin as an easier to transact, easier to move around, easier to store, safer to hold, and truly scarce asset, better than gold. India is the largest per capita purchaser of gold. So, and it's embedded in their culture. So, make sense of that. You know, maybe that's just a just a, a poll that had numbers that I liked, and you could make that argument too. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think this is a big deal. I'm going to read this last paragraph here. India's cryptocurrency legislation is a work in progress, but the government is waiting for the Financial Stability Board to frame cross-border regulation for cryptocurrencies, the two added, requesting anonymity. So basically, uh, India has made rules with like heavy taxes and like it says it's unregulated. That's just not accurate. There are rules. They have made reg- rules and regulations, but I guess maybe like they haven't done legislation. I don't know. But it sounds like at the end of the day, they're not going to make any move until the international banking community 
does, which leads uh, me to my last piece of information. This is a report by it. And excuse me if I mispronounce this, Aditya Narain and Marina Moretti. And this is a report for the IMF called The Right Rules Could Provide a Safe Space for Innovation. So this is a great explanation of crypto from a regulator's perspective. They discuss the challenges with regulation, the progress or lack thereof of crypto regulation, and why regulation is needed. They also give a little perspective uh, of crypto's path so far. You know, this says right here, like if I can just like skim through this right here, it's volatile, uh, but it's been around for more than a decade. Uh, it's it's coming more mainstream. Um, applying current regulatory framework just isn't really working. So we basically this is saying like, hey, like this is a thing. It's coming. And we need regulations because our current regulations don't work. So we need to create new new rules, new set of rules. And um, let's see, uh, terminology is all over the place because different countries and different, yeah, different countries call different things different things. Is a crypto asset, is a digital asset, is a cryptocurrency, is an NFT considered a digital asset, etc. So there's a lot of confusion about like what the terminology is. So it makes it kind of challenging to to regulate let's see what else they got um oh who is responsible because sometimes it's a group sometimes it's a person um let's see crypto assets are merely codes that are stored and accessible electronically they may or not be backed by a physical or financial collateral so it's not like anything we've ever seen before and you have all these regulatory agents groups and agencies and enforcement agencies whatever all these different groups of people and governments and agencies they're just like trying to figure it out and let's see this last piece um at one extreme authorities have prohibited the issuance or holding of crypto assets by residents or the ability to transact in them or use them for certain purposes at the other extreme some countries have been much more welcoming even sought to woo companies to develop markets in these assets so this is just saying like it's hard because every nation is taking a different approach and it's all mostly it's like, hey, what's good for me? You know, it's like, hey, this is an asset class that is not manipulated by any country. This sounds good to me. But also it's an asset class that's full of speculation and fraud and scams. So like, is that really that great for me? I don't know. So anyway, I'm going to read uh, this last these last two pieces here. Uh, let's see. The Financial Stability Board began monitoring crypto asset markets, released a set of principles to guide the regulatory treatment of global stablecoins, and is now developing guidance for the broader range of crypto assets, including unbacked crypto assets. Other standard setters are following suit, which work on the application of principles for financial market infrastructure to systemically important stablecoin arrangements. So blah, 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 blah. They're working on regulation guidance. Uh, India is waiting on them to give them the guidance. They got down with stablecoins. Now they're trying to work on the rest of the assets. All right, continuing on. The regulatory fabric is being woven and a pattern is expected to emerge. But the worry is that the longer this takes, the more national authorities will get locked into differing regulatory frameworks. This is why the IMF is calling for a global response that, one, is coordinated so it can fill the regulatory gaps that arise from inherently cross-sector and cross-border issuance and ensure a level playing field, 
and two, consistent, so aligns with mainstream regulatory approaches across the activity and risk spectrum, and three, comprehensive, so it covers all actors and all aspects of crypto. A global framework will bring order to the markets and help instill con consumer confidence, lay out the limits of what is permissible, and provide a safe space for useful innovation to continue. I would say the only thing that I like in that whole thing is that last paragraph. I'm going, to re I'm going to repeat it. A global regulatory framework will bring order to the markets, help instill consumer confidence, and lay out the limits of what is permissible and provide a safe space for useful innovation to continue. Think about it. If it's legitimized and you have major, major institutions investing in it, consumers across the planet will be excited to get into it. But the people that are into it now are blazing a trail and taking a big risk. If you're involved in crypto, you are not like the majority of the world. You are willing to believe and you believe in something and or you're just trying to make money and you think this is your ticket. I mean, but at the same time, like the majority of people are not going to put their money in crypto unless it's like ten dollars a week. You know, it's 500 bucks a year. So. We need regulation if you want masses to come in. You agree with me? You disagree with me? Let me know. Leave a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, watch out for the IMF here. Some of the language they use just sounds like a bunch of BS. It's talking about ensuring a level playing field. Get the f out of here. I mean, come on. But I do agree that we need some sort of framework to give confidence to the market and make all of our investments go up. <laughs> What are you? Are you an investor? Or are you a religious zealot about crypto? I would love to hear from you. What do you believe? What do you disbelieve? What do you agree? What do you disagree with me? I can't wait. Please leave a comment below. Like, subscribe, follow. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. Hoddle on.